0: chapter seventeen of the cliff dwellers this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. dot org the cliff dwellers by henry blake fuller chapter seventeen george ogden and jesse bradley were married during the third week in october the wedding took place at st asaph's with the participation of a small section of the coir and the floyds opened their house for the reception that followed walworth even gave george a small lunch at his club for some weeks previous ogden had watched for the right opportunity to make a formal announcement of his plans to the head of the bank and to ask for a week's leave for nearly a month now renard had not looked at him had not spoken to him and when he entered the old man's office to make his request, Pranad still refrained from looking at him, and in speaking to him was as curt as possible. We need all our men right here. You must give up any idea of going off. Blow hot, blow cold, thought George, and asked Jessie what she preferred to do under the circumstances. She had planned a long and rapid and lavish tour, and the tears of disappointment started to her eyes. Go anyway, she cried. Go. Do you know what he is? And do you know what business is? He almost added. She lapsed into a sullen silence. We could arrange the wedding for a Saturday, he suggested, and spend Sunday in Wisconsin. This proposition stuck in her throat, but presently she gulped it down. Only don't call it a wedding trip she said tartly well she went on we'll settle that we must because the cards have got to be started out pretty soon all those people who have entertained me have got to be remembered there's some in providence and in detroit and in st paul and don't let me forget those Louisville people that took me to old point they spent their sunday in Auckland, a long width of 7 bridegrooms. bride-rooms the day was wet and gloomy and most of the time they sat indoors over a great fire mists dulled the blazing red of the maples and a thick fall of leaves was churned into the mud before the house by the wheels of farm wagons returning home from church only at sunset did the clouds clear away and the full moon rose over one lake while the sun sank below the other george recalled this many times in after years they had taken a house in walton place for the year and a half from november first the house had been vacant some little time and the landlord made no account of an introductory fortnight mrs prattley had come in from Hinsdale and had superintended most of the furnishing and fitting up she saw the window shades put into place and told the men where to set the refrigerator and jessie had looked on with the gay irresponsibility of a child who watches puppets being strung on their return from wisconsin they found the house decorated almost throughout with chrysanthemums the new green house at hinsdale had devoted the whole autumn to this speciality jessie sank down into one of her big new easy chairs nothing to do but to be happy she sighed with a long and delicious expiration she had her days but those dates were of course overridden by her intimates among the first to call were the floyds walworth came over with a pocketful of cigars to christen the new wall-paper he said have you got any closets was one of his questions plenty replied george then i don't see but what you are all right just as well off in a house that you rent as we are going to be in a house made to order if ever i turn architect with a glance towards his wife i should begin every house with a dozen closets and then pour in the various rooms around them four drawers in every one and two rows of hooks how stuff does accumulate yes the inside is rather nice jessie acknowledged but the outside might be improved i have my own notion about the porch and the front door george turned to her as if to ask what that notion might be other friends followed brower among them he went about rather shyly looking at the drapiers and grills and mirrors in the semi gloom of the dining-room he threw his arm over ogden's shoulder and looked into his eye with a friendly and affectionate smile i never expected you to do it he said you have left me as lonesome as the deuce Ho it why not because you are so careful you always think things out regular old puritan sage oh well began george with the air proper to a launching out into a broad and easy generalization aren't we new england puritans the cream of the anglo-saxon race and why does the anglo-saxon race rule the globe except because the individual anglo-saxon can rule himself oh i know said brower discontentedly that's all right up to a certain point others came among them the valentines and how do you like your new house asked mrs valentine effusively she addressed jessie exclusively with her everything went in the female line we are new converts too you know just over from the west side we are very much pleased aren't we adrian her husband gave his corroborative little bow we were being left rather aside over there he admitted and take the south side for that matter, business is walking right over them, and the whole section is in a state of mild panic. From the courts to Oakwood Boulevard, yes, we are safe and quiet and settled to stay. Still, others came. Among them, Carnelia Tillinghurst She called frequently. She usually brought her husband with her, and she never failed to walk him all around the Oaktons' neighborhood. Her favorite time was Sunday afternoon then she took him along the lake shore drive and through all the adjacent streets with the full benefit of daylight cornelia now had command over a good seven hundred thousand dollars and she was arming for the social fray she meant to bang her shield against the shields of other amazons the gladiator must come to the arena and the centre of the arena seemed to be somewhere near the waterworks tower if burton was going to put seventy or eighty thousand dollars into a house the sight of it must not be too far away from this point i expect i shall cut a pretty wide swath cornelia acknowledged to herself jessie had her receptions through november her intimates appeared at these as well and so did many of her more formal acquaintances on one of these occasions george having left the bank early after a daylight hurried home dressed himself and hastened down to the parlor its contracted space was beflowered. And belighted, and quite a little throng of ladies were circulating and chatting there. Mrs. Floyd and Miss Wilde were among them. So were Mrs. Ogden and Kitty, so were Mrs. Valentine and Mrs. Atwater. His wife hurried up to him, her cheeks were flushed, and her large eyes burnt brightly. If you had only been three minutes sooner, she has just gone she was telling me why she hadn't been able to come to the wedding i wanted you to meet her so much who is this cecilia Ingalls. there is such a person then why george what do you mean of course there is and she was just as nice to me as she could be why shouldn't she have been i see you call her cecilia are you as intimate as that everybody calls her cecilia see mrs Atwater's is trying to catch your eye a tall and rather stately woman of thirty-five was standing in the doorway she seemed finished in profile figure and carriage how well it's done she said to him who is the presiding genius my wife's mother i fancy he turned and drew her attention to the rustling of mrs bradley's black silk ah she said indifferently and turned away he had been unable to apprehend the simple costliness of his questioner's dress and he only half wondered how in a dozen quiet words she had conveyed the impression of an expert addressing a beginner but he could not refrain from asking himself if there was a slight here on mrs bradley he looked at the old lady again she was moving about with the greatest show of confidence and good-will no thought of anything called differences had entered her head she did not believe that anybody would want to slight her or that anybody could she had come on the ground in the early days of simple friendliness and perhaps she was too old to apprehend that anything different had developed in the meanwhile she certainly seemed to need no defence and george was assuredly in no position to offer any cecilia has gone off and left me mrs atwater resumed careless girl they were half sisters and mrs atwater was several years the elder the atwaters and the ingleses ran as a kind of foreign in hand the rich sister had married a poor man and the poor sister had married a rich man and they all went along at the same pace it was a somewhat rapid pace i am going to see what mrs floyd can do for me i dare say she has a spare seat his wife caught at mrs atwater and bade her adieu with effusion did jessie regard it as a feat and a triumph to have secured her presence so it seemed to jessie's husband the last of these little receptions was disposed of and the honeymoon drew to its close quite succeeded this introductory furry to married life and george now took occasion to lay a steady hand upon the throbbings of the pocket nerve his apprehension of any suffering in this part of his financial anatomy was indeed largely anticipatory it was not that the nerve had been roughly touched but that it soon might be he had no tendency towards a retrospective study of the journal and ledger aspects of his courtship he had been spared the expense of the wedding journey that Jessie had planned by the unaccountable countable veto of brenard and the remuneration of st asef's call and kindred matters had fallen to his wife's father to arrange but all the same many small indications arose to make it worth while for him to remember that he was a young man on a moderate salary and that most of his available means were badly tied up he noticed that his wife was developing a disdain of the public conveyances a carriage was sometimes required of afternoons and invariably of evenings when dances or theatre-going might be the matter in hand she was also cultivating her taste for flowers she had employed them rather lavishly at her receptions in conjunction with her mandolin players and her appreciation of them kept equal pace with the advancing coldness of the weather and their own advancing cost she also betrayed a ravenous taste for the exasperating superfluities of house-furnishing and his bills for things needful were attended by a train of little accounts for things quite worse than useless oh well we shall be fitted out pretty soon he sighed and he saw his studious face reflected from among the cluttered bibelots of his mantelpiece the point of completion as regarded the interior was finally reached and his wife's intentions as to the exterior presently developed she accompanied him out into the vestibule one morning and stood at the head of the steps to bid him good-bye these doors are awfully shabby and old-fashioned she declared don't you suppose the landlord would put in new ones i'm quite sure he wouldn't i wouldn't in his place well we have taken this house for a year and a half and are likely to take it again for a year or two longer why couldn't we fix things up ourselves the entrance counts more really than anything else that might be thought about yes indeed if mary munson is coming to see me i want things as nice as they have everything mary munson was of the lewisville family that had entertained jessie bradley at old point comfort it presently transpired that she was under like obligations to many other acquaintances of her girlhood i must pay them up she explained besides i need company all alone here during the day and mamma away off there in the country the succession of Mary munson's lasted indeed drew into spring blowers carriages and matinee tickets doubled up finely and the hideous mien of the caterer was seen in connection with frequent lunches i spoke to mr atwater to-day about the front of the house she said to him one evening towards the close of dinner maggie didn't quite get round to pudding today. she went on as the desert came in so i sent out for this ice cream take some of these lady fingers with it to add water yes frances wanted me to go up with her and see the drawings for the front of their house it's going to be lovely he had some special little drawings for the outside doors and things like that he's got beautiful taste i know he has i asked him to design some doors for us you did yes he said he had a new idea that he'd like to try you must get your landlord to pass on that he might not like the new idea think not he might object it would all come on his hands in the end we'd better go on with it don't you think but don't let it be anything too unusual or too elaborate architects he understood generally charged a commission on the cost of the work so much per cent five he had heard we don't want to go in too deep they left the table and sauntered slowly into the parlor the drawing-room jessie called it the standing lamp sent out a broad glare from under its shade of crinkled yellow paper and the floor of the room burned with a dull and unaccustomed red the red of a handsome turkish rug ah what's this exclaimed george i picked it up to-day she said it was so pretty and just the thing for this room cecilia called it a great bargain she knows all about rugs then you have been shopping with mrs Ingalls. well she was getting a few things she said that sixty dollars was little enough for it sixty dollars did you pay for it i had it charged Charged? Yes, wasn't that right? Why, George? Even poor Mamma, away out there in Hinsdale, has her account at Fields. End of Chapter Seventeen. Recording by Harshita.